This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdahl. My guest this week is Kyle Seagraves. Kyle is the founder and certified mortgage advisor on Win the House You Love, where you can find on YouTube and where all podcasts are played. It's all about helping people turn their home buying stress into the home buying peace. Welcome to the podcast, Kyle. Hey, well, thank you for having me, Nick. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, you bet. So I found your your YouTube page, and obviously I was creeping a little bit on this guy named Miles Beckler, and you were looking out, or you are on his video as well, and you started talking about just finding ways to disrupt information. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I, the more I kind of was leaning into your stuff, the more I got excited about it. And I was like, man, I got to get this guy on the podcast and have him start talking about the customer experience on, on the real estate side. So before we get started, I ask every single guest one question. And the first question is, what's one thing people might not know about you? Honestly, probably that I am... I like to joke around a lot <laughs> and it doesn't come across super clearly in my work personality. So like a lot of what I do yeah. on video, you know, when you're talking about real estate mortgages, there's only so much in there that you can have a humor element and joke about, but at the same time also give across very detailed information clearly. So I think yeah. that surprises people a lot that uh, I know that they see one person on a video, but um, I usually am a little bit more lighthearted outside of the video world too. So a jokester on the outside uh, in, in straight uh, certified mortgage <laughs> advisor professional. You're like Superman. Yeah, yeah they switch, switch modes a little bit. <laughs> you just go into a quick phone booth and change it. Yeah. Up. It's funny. So back to what you did. So certified mortgage advisor, you started off as a mortgage originator, correct? Right, yeah. And then you started realizing that you started making videos for your for your customers. Can you walk through that process? Sure. Yeah. So I, I used to work as a loan originator. So helping people get mortgages, I was just running into an issue where, you know, someone would ask me, Hey, what's an appraisal after the hundredth time of answering what an appraisal is, you start to become a little bit tired of the question. And so I was trying to think, okay, how can I help get this information to my clients before they even have the question itself? And so I just started making a collection of videos for my clients. Like, what's an appraisal? How do you understand what a loan estimate is? How do property taxes work? All those kinds of things so that we wouldn't have to spend as much time on the phone and they could get more information than if they called me. So a place that I could direct them to, here's all the information that you need to know. And then over time, that started growing where a bigger group of people than just my clients were seeing those videos. And that's kind of where some of the traction on YouTube started where it was more than just, again, my clients looking at those videos. It was a lot of other people who had those same questions and were looking for that same type of information. And that has kind of snowballed into YouTube kind of being its own thing there to help people learn about the home buying process. Yeah. And so bringing it back to, to the beginning there, you kind of said there were so many questions that needed to be answered that people kept going back to. They, you know, where am I at here on page six of this is, is my issue. Where do I sign? Am, am I, am I uh, calculating this right? 
And so you went through that process, heard what the customer was saying, took that feedback and said, I'm going to find ways, selfishly maybe at the beginning, to find ways to create a, a better experience for my customers, which reduced effort on my side, uh, happenstance, right? It's right. more about, it's about the customer. It's about solving the problem for them and giving them that peace of mind because the more peace of mind that they have, the less time that they're going to have that white space or the gray space where they're like, oh, Kyle, I need help. I'm going to pick up the phone and then we're going to spend the next hour walking through this pain point. Yeah. So walking through each of those uh, those steps, is there different steps in that process or were you just creating one video or what does that video process look like? Really, it was just, I feel like anytime I'd run into a, uh, like a pain point or a question that a client had, I would just write it down in an ideas list. And then I'd pretty much just sit down and my goal is just make as many videos, you know, answering those questions uh, as much as I could. So that was really the, my process and kind of the process now is just identify what are the questions that people have? What are some of the pain points that they have? And what can I do? Like, what, what would that phone call look like if somebody had that question and they called me and I was walking them through those steps? It's pretty much what I do on the video is I would just walk through what we would talk on the phone about. You know, obviously there's not a back and forth about questions and things like that. So you're kind of assuming and, you know, saying, hey, if you have this scenario and that kind of thing. But that was, that's primarily just my process for coming up with topics and what I was doing to create videos uh, in the first place. Yeah, so you, from my understanding is you created like, a thousand plus videos before you ever created this YouTube page where you're now informing and adding value to others outside of your, your kind of clientele, right? Right. So I used to do a lot of personalized videos, um, through bomb bomb, which is like a kind of a one-on-one -on -one video software. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I would use that for my clients of like, you know, if I, if it was someone I've never talked to before, I'd send them a, a video and be like, Hey, Nick, my name is Kyle. This is kind of what I do. This is how I can help you. Let me know when you're free, something like that. Or, as they're going through the process, I'd have different milestones at which I would send them a video and I would do that kind of in, in place of a phone call. Because what I started to recognize is uh, through the mortgage process, there were several times at which we were having, you know, I was having a phone call with a client and that phone call would kind of turn into something that was like 30 minutes to an hour long. And that starts to kind of eat at your day a little bit. So what I recognize is like, there were a lot of points in which I could actually record a five minute video, send it to the client. And not only did it work better for my schedule, but it also worked better for their schedule too, right? Because not everyone has the time to go <laughs> get on a phone call. Um, and information gets lost uh, over a phone call, um, especially with something that's financial and, and so emotional is we often don't listen maybe as clearly as we, we should be able to, or it's hard to retain all that financial information and understanding what's happening next yeah. in the process. A video I found really helps take this complex information to a spot where it's concise. People can watch it over again if they need to. And the information is given to them a lot quicker than it would be on something like a phone call. And so I was replacing multiple steps through the process where it was going to be a, an emotional conversation that would have taken an you know, hour long to five minutes building trust with a client and helping them understand the process um, a lot easier. A good example of that is like uh, when someone goes under contract, they get a loan estimate that details, you know, what their monthly payment is and then all the closing costs as well. And so before I used to, uh, I could send the loan estimate and I could almost time it on my phone and see like, I know in 20 minutes that John's going to call me and John's going to do all this mental math gymnastics to arrive at some number that's not actually out there on the paper. 
and yeah. he's going to be upset. He's going to be like, I didn't know it was 90,000. You told me it was 23 or something because mm-hmm. they're doing all sorts of weird addition because it's a hard document to understand. And so yeah. instead of having that erosion of trust and then, you know, because even at the end of the phone call, it's if John and I are on the same page and we, he understands and everything's back to what he expected, there still was like trust that got eroded in that process. Mm-hmm. And there was all this extra time that we didn't really need to spend because if the information was delivered accurately uh, or clearly the first time. And so I started realizing like I can record a five minute video walking through that statement on screen with a screen recording, send it over, save the phone call. Trust is actually built instead of eroded. Um, and it's just a much smoother process for people going through that. So yeah, I would normally in a year record about a thousand of those personalized videos. And then this is when I started moving into, okay, maybe I can spend less time. I can make some more videos that apply to more people and make less of them than doing every single video be personalized. The thing that I think is crazy for one, I think it's awesome. You, you took the time to do those thousand videos. Like that's, that's a boatload of videos. And I know that it, it does, it seems daunting to most people. However, you're Mm -hmm. actually saving time doing that because you're not (laughs) spending all the time, you know, pounding the keyboard and, or on the phone back and forth. It still seems daunting because you are, face to face. What happens if I screw something up? What happens if I say something wrong or say too many ums and ahs or, you know, my dog walks in the background and barks at a, at a cat going by, like there's all these what ifs, Mm. but it doesn't really matter. Right. Because at the end of the day, we're humans doing business with humans and they just want their problem fixed in the least amount of effort, even though it might not be perfect. Right. Right. Yeah. I can think of like, uh, when I, like when I was in high school, I remember I was in a, a speech class and my teacher would always, she had a tally mark on the top of the paper for any time you said a filler word, like a, um, uh, whatever. And I would always get my, my grade back. And it, I was always frustrated because everything would be great. All the you know criteria was great except for filler words. And the top of my paper was just littered with tally marks. And I would always just be like so irritated and be like, I, but this is a good presentation. Who cares about the ums and ahs? And it was funny because like my videos now, uh, that's just my natural pattern of language. And there are, there are actually quite a few studies about things like these filler words where they don't have really much of an impact on the way that the language or, or that the way that the message is being received by somebody else. The message is almost always received by how, how clearly are we communicating an idea and not necessarily the polish around everything else? It doesn't really matter for, you know, how well you have this, uh, this presentation voice or the, the method that you speak or the tone that you speak in. It's what, what story are you, are you telling and what problems are you solving? If you can communicate that clearly, um, then you're going to help people because ultimately it's about what is your content, is your communication helping somebody overcome a problem? And if that's the case, then people are going to be drawn to you. Not necessarily if you are a great communicator. Um, no one's expecting you to you know, give a presidential speech. <laughs> right. You have all of these t- teleprompters around you hoping that pause, smile, look at the audience. It's, uh, it's I am, I, I'm a human and I'm, I'm going to screw up and, but at the end of the day, I'm trying to solve your problem and improve your, your customer experience. Right. So even though it wasn't perfect, which is okay, you actually had a pretty impressive success rate 
of landing deals from my perspective was due to these videos that you're putting out and the trust that you were replacing from the what ifs that they were, what they were placing with everybody else that they were putting as a, as a quote or as other mortgage originators, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like the videos helped me stand out a ton uh, because I, you know, I think it's part because of the video and then part of recognizing the problems that people were facing. I think in a lot of industries, people get so focused on the work that they forget to acknowledge that there's a human being experiencing a problem, experiencing emotions on the other side. And so it's not yeah. necessarily, I don't want to sit here and be like, video is the, the golden key. I think it's both things. It's uh, I recognizing the problem and then understanding video helps aid in that solution. And so I think it was both of those things. But through video, I was able to help communicate like, hey, I understand what you're going through. And that's why I'm doing this is to help you through that problem. And so that made me stand out just you know, miles above other originators um, who had been doing this, you know, who have been originating for as long as I've been alive. <laughs> you know, and I, I think I, I told you this when we first talked, like once I started doing video, there's only three instances that I know of where I actually lost a client to somebody else, which is in the mortgage world, pretty crazy uh, because, you know, most of the time in, in, for loan officers, you're used to having your quotes compared to other people. And then really it's like whoever has the lowest rate wins. And right. most it's the race to the bottom, yeah, not to the race to the value. Most originators are used to their client went with somebody else. And what would happen is I would send a, a quote, you know, for instance, like I got sent a quote to you, Nick, and have this, you know, five to ten minute video showing you a quote breakdown, the total cost, all the ins and outs of your loans. Here the here's the next step. I understand what you're going through. And another loan officer would just send an email and be like, okay, your rate's 3%, Nick. And they're like, all right, but like what's next and what are the costs and what I exposed everything that they should be understanding through the process before they even knew that they had those uh, questions or concerns um, compared to somebody else was just giving them just the bare minimum of what they were looking for. And so I really do. I think it's both of those is that recognition of, Hey, the video is, is a helpful component, but the point of the video is just a method of communication to help somebody recognize, I understand what you're going through. Um, and not just as like a nice platitude, but as a, I know the problem that you're facing and I have solutions for it. So you can move forward through this uh, as easily and as stress-free as possible. You understood the, the pain points and the breaks that happen as a consumer and you expose them. Mm -hmm. And as somebody else who was, as a consumer, the, the, the best thing that I want to happen is to go through a problem, have somebody walk me through a process in the, the pace or channel that I want and solve it, my problem, or talk to me in, in, the, in, the, in the least amount of effort. Mm -hmm. And I think with you, you are differentiated yourself. And I, I, I love the fact that everybody else is saying, hey, your, your percentage is going to be 3%. And they went on to the next thing. They didn't, and, 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 and you were like, well, Kyle said this, he said my percentage, he said my timeline, he walked mm -hmm. and created a video for me. And by the way, he's now creating additional videos in case I have other, other pain points that I haven't even thought of. You're yeah. removing barriers and walking them through as a guide to this loan that is the biggest decision of their life potentially. And you're basically this guy that says, Hey, I got this easy process. Come along with me on the journey and I'll show you how to get through it. Right. Yeah. And 
I love that process because being a guide for people on the journey as a consumer, when everybody else is showing them, hey, you're going to go through this jungle and this jungle is going to be really crazy and there's going to be some poisonous snakes. Here, here's, a, here's a little plastic knife, best of luck. Yeah. <laughs> and you're saying, I'm going along on this journey with you right. and here's the process and here's the steps you need yeah. to take. It's just completely different. It very, it very much is the, the kind of like, you know, if you remember like Donald Miller's story brand shift of going from the hero to the guide. A lot, mm-hmm. Especially in, you know, in the mortgage world, most people are used to the marketing advertising that's like the lender pitches themselves as the hero. Um, I have the lowest rate, the best service, the fastest, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the difference is switching from like, eh, none of that, that matters, but like that doesn't resonate as much compared to, mm-hmm. hey, I understand the problem that you're going through and you're probably concerned about this. Here's what we're going to do to create a plan to get you to where you want to go. Um, it very much is yeah. the, hey, I'm, I'm the guy and I'm going to walk you through this so that you can feel like um, this isn't as overwhelming as you may have thought it would be. Otherwise, when the lender is the hero and the client is also the hero of their own story, they're competing <laughs> against each other um, to see you know, who is who's actually running uh, the story, who's actually going to have the success here at the end. Is it going to be my success as the client getting the home that I want, or is it going to be the lender's success of just closing a deal? Um, and those two compete uh, with each other and, and add in some friction uh, into those conversations. In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, how do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. Yeah, I love it. So as... As one person doing all of this and creating a thousand videos, it's hard to scale that. It's mm-hmm. hard to go from 1,000 to 2,000 to 5,000. And you're like, <clears throat> I'm either getting way overwhelmed and I'm working 24 by 7, or I'm just going to stay with where I'm at and I'm happy with where I'm at. But you saw a, a different way to approach it. So what happened next? It was kind of more incidental than intentional um, because it was just... I was making videos again for my clients just kind of as a library. And then YouTube all of a sudden just started ranking these videos. So way more people started watching some of these YouTube videos. So the views were going from like 10 views, <laughs> you know, to maybe a hundred or a thousand, you know, they just started yeah. growing. And that's when I started kind of having a little bit of an idea like, Oh, more people are, you know, if a thousand people are watching this video, I know I didn't send it to a thousand people. Yeah. So maybe more people are watching this and, and maybe, I could pour some energy into helping those people as well. People who are not my clients and seeing, you know, clearly people, you know, if if my clients have these questions and these problems and are looking for this type of solution, I'm sure there are also a lot more people who are looking for the same thing. And so I just kind of used, um, use some of that as a clue to see like, Oh, this is kind of where I can go next. And adding that scalability of like, I can only help with a certain amount of people. 
Um, I only have so much time in the day, but recognizing like, oh, I can do stuff here on YouTube and actually help a lot more people than I could if I was doing everything individually. Um, and so that's where I put, started putting more energy and time into trying to create videos that would help as many people as possible. Um, so on the YouTube side, I think I'm only up to about 270 videos. Um, so hopefully we'll reach a thousand soon, but you know, those videos are much more, a lot more work <laughs> than the, uh, yeah. the, you know, the 30 second to a minute long, uh, personalized videos. Yeah. You don't, you put it, you can tell that you put a ton of quality time and invest on the front end prior to you just kind of winging it mm. and saying, Hey, let me do a side by side of your contract and, or looking down, recording yourself and saying, Hey, on page 26, this is where you're going to do it. Here's how you add up these three items to calculate your total monthly cost, whatever yeah. that is. It's, it's your saying, you're actually looking at the feedback and comments from people from your previous videos. You look at YouTube and Google and say, hey, what are people actually searching for? So I, I love that you're investing into it and kind of reverse engineering the video back from what people are actually seeking. It's not, and then you're, you're putting the quality into it. You're, you're doing, you know, it looks looks solid and the quality is great. And I think oh, that's nice. why people keep coming back. But what made you start kind of going back and instead of just saying, hey, my name is Kyle and and I'm like everybody else. And we're, let me tell you about the FHA loan, but actually doing feedback research and then, you know, reverse engineering. How, how'd you go through that process? Yeah, because I, I think a lot of people do that. They look into scaling uh, or they look at even just doing YouTube in general or any other platform and they immediately go into sales and they try to figure out like, yeah. how can I just pitch myself? And to me, that wasn't like an interesting problem. Uh, the problem of me getting more business was not very interesting to me. <laughs> um, and for some people it is, they're, that's what they're interested in. For me, there was like a, a bigger a bigger problem that I recognized when I was originating um, that there are so many buyers going through this process of getting a loan, buying a house, and they just don't know where to get information. There's not a good source of information. And most of the information has like a sales orientation behind it. The information is there so that they can get pitched into a, a funnel or a, a, you know, some sort of closing process. And yeah. um, that's when I kind of had this idea, like, It'd be interesting to, instead of trying to be, you know, pitching who I am and I do this for you and trying to sell myself and my services is uh, just saying, what would it be like if I was like the advocate for home buyers looking to get a mortgage? To me, that was a much more interesting problem to tackle and a much more interesting solution than how do I get more sales? And so yeah. that's what I've been really kind of pushing into is figuring out like, how do I what does an advocate for home buyers look like? And it's certainly not somebody who's going to sit there and just try to sell people into products because that's not advocacy. So that's what I've been really trying to focus on and shift the perspective of is it's not really focusing on sales anymore. It's more of just what can I do to be there to support buyers as much as I possibly can. And the first way that you support somebody is by being able to listen to what their problems are and recognizing, okay, well, how can I help with that problem by using information that's not going to try to sell you into something because the solution is not work with me. <laughs> the solution is actually independent of me um, and should be able to work for 
hundreds of thousands of people without my direct intervention. In. Yeah. And so you do this full time now today? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that, that you can constantly be the educator, the non-schmoozy, value-added resource that people can go to where they're getting sold to all day. Yeah. In, in all of these industries. And you get to be the one person throughout the day where they're like, hey, let me search for how do I get a, what type of benefits do I get if, I find, if I'm a veteran? Or if I'm a first time home buyer or, you know, fill in the blank and, and they come up to your video and you they almost kind of, they, they, the first thing that I would do is be, you know, kind of lean in a little bit and say, is this guy full of it or not? Like, is he trying to sell me something in the first five seconds, 10 seconds, a minute? And the more that I listen to your content, the more it is constantly value add. And then it's the same thing in customer service. Like mm -hmm. when somebody actually listens to what you say and helps you, the first thing you do is, ah, like, this guy is here for me. Yeah. This guy actually wants what's best for me and isn't trying to just say, I'm sorry to hear about your problem, uh, but due to protocol, we can't help sure. you. You're like, yeah. the last thing I want you to do is solve, I want you to solve my problem. I don't want you to try to upsell me or cross-sell me or do anything else. And so it's refreshing to get yeah. to people and educators like yourself to be a, a way to add value in the space. Yeah. I, it's always, it's funny when I sometimes will go on like a, like a podcast like this, for instance, and someone will ask like, okay, do you have like anything to, you know, uh, like a product or anything that you want to like pitch or something? No, <laughs> uh, like almost yeah. feel bad though. Like I don't, I don't have anything to sell. Sorry. Maybe I should, but <laughs> yeah, at this time, no. But the question I have for you though, is if you can go back and tell yourself, something when you first got started what 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 would you say to yourself uh two two three years ago that you wish you knew then i think the biggest thing that would have been helpful is just um i want to say perseverance but i know that it kind of sounds like a little uh, a little cliche really just being able to recognize like hey it works like showing up repeatedly and helping people with their problem over a long period of time yeah. works because the first year of doing videos, you know, I was kind of, again, it was more focused on my clients. So I wasn't like pushing into doing the YouTube stuff, but I know that through that, I was kind of, I kind of got like a little, you know, dip the toe in the water thing. Like, we'll see if this works, but I don't want to spend too much energy on it. And yeah. I wish I would have been able to go back and say like, Hey, like take the reservation out of it. Don't be reserved about this. Like at the same time, don't, don't, uh, don't kill yourself making videos every single day and not taking a break. Yeah. But if you keep doing the things repeatedly over and over and over again, it's going to create results for you. Um, and so I think of that like first year, if I was a little bit more committed into it instead of kind of dipping the toe in the water, I'm sure I would see probably even more growth than what's at, what's at, where it's at right now. Um, and so I think that's the biggest thing that I would, would look at is, you know, especially for people listening to is like, you're seeing, you probably see the same thing over and over again. It's people who said they, they solved a problem, they showed up and they did that over a period of time and it worked out for them. Um, and so we keep yeah. seeing these clues of what's working, but we want to be, our brains are so attracted to like the little shiny object of like, just give me the trick. But it's like, there is yeah. no trick. The trick's been in front of you the entire time and it's just to keep showing up and keep doing the thing. And over a long period of time, it's going to start generating results. Um, and so I wish that, clicked a little bit more 
um, before. And so what was helpful for me is like seeing somebody like Miles Beckler show like his results of, Hey, yeah, I made a hundred videos and I only have a hundred subscribers, but I'm going to keep plugging away. And now he's at, I don't know, 180,000 or somewhere around there. Um, but I think that is the main thing that I wish I had a little bit more of. Um, and it's always helpful to keep reminding yourself of that, but, um, it's not fun to talk about and everyone wants to talk about the the hacks and the strategies and the tricks (laughs) and it really is just like, just show up and help people over a long period of time in in any, any industry, any platform. And that is going to create results that you're looking for. Yeah. Sound advice. It, it, I love the fact that you said there's no easy button. There's no, right. You, you can't just walk around with that little red button, you know, find an issue, find a problem, a hit boop. Like I'm right. good. I, I, I solved this problem and now I'm now, I now have 180,000 subscribers and I'm kicking butt and taking names. It's, it takes work. And, and, um, I would say it takes focused work yeah. because I think you could put a hundred videos out. You could put 200 videos out and people still wouldn't follow you because you're not putting out the quality or because you're not putting out the things that people are searching for yeah. or that they're, that they're seeking that they've asked for where you constantly go back into the comment section and the feedback and say, I'd really wish I love this video. However, I really wish they would, you would do this video and you're like, aha, yeah. I got something here. Let me go back and do it. It's, it's all about customer service and customer experience. Right. Like, How do you continue to listen and do a feedback loop from what the customer is saying and try to solve their problem in the channel of that choice? Yeah. And so I love the, the fact that there's no, there's no easy button. You, if, you want, if you want a fast food meal, I don't know why I'm thinking about this, <laughs> but if you want a fast food meal, just drive through McDonald's and, and get the Big Mac and hit the, the number one and you're going to get the fast food quality. It actually takes effort to go to a five-star restaurant, uh, order off the menu, and have them cook it sometimes in front of you that they've had 30 years of experience doing, yeah. and the quality is completely different. Yeah, and even though it took 30 minutes to make the meal, there was a lot more practice to be able to make a good meal in 30 minutes, uh, which a yeah. lot of people don't see. Like, for instance, uh, you know, it took it took probably two years worth of making videos before I saw like meaningful results on my channel. Like I, I think I, I made videos for a year and a half before I hit a hundred subscribers. Um, and that's why I think if you, if you don't care about your audience and their problem, uh, I would suggest finding another thing to focus on because you have to be able to be there, not necessarily for the result. If you're just in there to say, I want to have a channel that makes X amount of money and has this amount of subscribers and whatever, um, then you're probably not going to succeed. Of course, there are those outliers every once in a while, but for the majority of people, yeah. it's just not, you're not going to be able to stick with it. I think you have to find something that you enjoy. You like helping these people with these kinds of problems um, to be able to mm-hmm. stick with it long enough to see the results that you're looking for. Yeah, well, well said. So I wrap up every podcast with two questions. And the first question is, what book or person has influenced you the most in the past year? And then the second one is if you could leave a note to all customer service or all customer experience professionals, it's going to hit everybody's desk Monday at 8 a.m. What would it say? Mm. So book or person, does it have, does it have to be marketing business related? No, it could be anything. No, you, you, 
I, I, I took those off for you. Uh, somebody who's not an expert in customer service or customer experience, I'm not going to put that on you. So you have to Google top 10 customer yeah. experience. Uh, I was going to say, I don't know that I know a ton of people in the customer experience world. Um, this is not even business related, but a book called It's Not Always Depression by Hillary Jacobs Hendel is, I think mm. that's how you say her, Hendel, Hendel, uh, fantastic. Again, not related to business at all, but it, it is related mm-hmm. to being more in alignment with yourself and with your emotions. And I think that that comes through uh, business in a huge way because we're not this isolated individual. Uh, like we have you know, this full, we're all integrated. I think the more that we're integrated and aligned with ourselves, the more that shows through um, in the work that we do. Yeah. You know, quick example of that is, uh, you know, I, I try to bring like an, an element of like calm and some of those aspects of like emotionality into the real estate process. And uh, a lot of other, most people aren't used to having emotions in real estate, right? Emotions are always super high, but no one wants to talk about them. Um, and so yeah. the more I discovered and explored my own emotions, I was like, well, shoot, we're going to bring this into real estate. And, um, yeah. and that's been, that's been really beneficial. Cool. One note, one note that I would leave for somebody else. Could be a sticky note or it could be a 10 line. Mm. Oh man, I would hate to get a note like that. Would it? <laughs> <laughs> um, the note that I would give for somebody, I think right now would be to take like a 10 minute break. Um, mm. Just like silence. Because I think a lot of people don't experience that, especially in work. We're so used to doing the next thing and always accomplishing and overcoming problems. And there's not a lot of time to actually sit and allow ourselves to hear what what our body is telling us about what's happening. Um, And I think there's a lot of wisdom that happens in silence of being able to sit, allow ourselves to think about things that have happened, allow ourselves to feel the things that have happened and then to make decisions after that moment, instead of feeling like we always have to be reacting, we always have to be acting take a moment for a break. Um, a super practical example of this is like, Hey, before you get on a phone call with somebody, maybe you need to take like five minutes to be off your phone and go take a walk outside. It's going to make you a lot more present on that phone call than if you jumped from phone call to phone call or from email to problem to phone call. Um, it just allows you to stay more connected uh, in that moment that you're in. I love that. I actually had a boss a, a long time ago but every single meeting that we would have, it would be a walking meeting mm. unless we needed to be in front of a piece of paper or, or a computer. But it was a very productive meeting. It got our minds thinking. We, yeah. we were probably more creative and we solved more things in that little bit of time. And it was probably a 15 minute meeting. It was a brisk meeting, right? But we, we kicked butt because we allowed ourselves to get outside of status quo and, and our horse blinders that we mm. constantly are wearing all day. And so it was a great reminder. I hadn't thought about that in a while. Yeah, so it's nice uh, to be out of the office too. A, <laughs> yeah. It's a new task for me is to get out and actually do something or, or listen to something or take five minutes to, yeah. to get outside of the screen. So um, highly recommend anybody who wants to go buy a, buy a house or thinking about a house or knowing somebody who wants to buy a house or um, knows how to spell house um, <laughs> that you go to, Kyle's YouTube page or uh, on a a podcast player and search for win the house you love. Uh, Kyle, thanks so much. I I really enjoyed this and I wish you nothing but success. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing it with them by giving them a link of this episode or directly from your app. And last, if you'd like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, go to press1fornick.com forward slash podcast.